I'm Matt Ingram. I'm a musician, producer, and co-owner of Urchin Studios in East London. In these podcasts, I'll be talking with creative individuals that I know and admire about music, art, the creative process, and of course, whatever else comes up. My guest today is the drummer from Metronomy, Anna Pryor. There's a little bit of noise at the start of this recording. I'm not quite sure what caused it, and it's slightly embarrassing given that we are a recording studio, but it clears up after a few minutes. Here's Anna. I hope you enjoy our chat. Well, thanks for coming in. Oh, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, and um, <gasps> so you, you, like, like we were saying, you were in Urchin last week. When, Have we started? Um, we started, oh. yeah. <laughs> and, I'm not, and let's not say who you were with, because that kind of gives it, makes it sound really important. It's like yeah. you were with a secret artist in Urchin last week and um, I, and I think you were sounding yeah you were sounding amazing thank you and uh, so I just thought I'd like and um, by the way I don't know if you I'm sure you listen to all of the podcasts but um, you're the second drummer in a row and that's not a, a new to all the listeners that's not like a new thing I'm, I'm not just exclusively <laughs> doing drummers but um, just because you were in last week yeah I thought it'd be it'd be nice to chat yeah. to you and um, so let's just start at the start like when did you start drumming started when I was 14, I think, something like that. It's quite a while ago now. Right. <laughs> um, at school mainly, because I was one of the... We, we had this discussion, didn't we, about what mm. you call people that are alternative at school. And where I'm from, in Doncaster, they call them sweaties. Sweaties? Yeah. What do you mean alternative is in alternative music? People that, were, that wore, like, Nirvana hoodies and stuff like that. That was me. Right. And, like, carried my trainers around in an Aldi bag and stuff like that. And were they, what, 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 did they, what do you call those people? Sweaties. Were the sweaties c- cool? No. Cause in my, God, no. In my, yeah, in my school, <laughs> like, they were, like, the ravers. Yeah. And they were kind of the cooler kids. They were the kids that that were good at football. Yeah. Were, were the hardest. <laughs> you know what I mean? They kind of run the school at, like, 14, 15. And the geekier, more bookish kids yeah. were into grunge. And what were they called? Probably twat by by the by the ravers. No, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know actually. There wasn't a but we ca- we called the then the other lot the ravers. Right. Because they yeah. were into like yeah. Right. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so who, who were what did you call the, the 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 other lot? Townies. Townies. Townies and sweaties, and then I was thinking about this the other day. I wouldn't. I was wondering if the. Um, the concept of uh, the school cock still exists. Did you ever have that? Like the cock of the school? He no. was like the hardest guy. The cock? Yeah, <laughs> cock of the school. It was always this guy who was like, he had a beard at like 13. Mm, he was, mm. you know, do you know what I mean? That yeah, yeah. Def- that definitely wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're off topic. Yeah. But yeah, I was at school and there was this French girl and that was really exotic because, yeah. you know, in Doncaster it's just... Yorkshire people, yeah, yeah, white Yorkshire people. Anyway, and she was, um, she'd always disappear at, at dinner time, and I'm like, oh, where's she going? And she was always really cool. She had like short hair, a bit mohawky, and and she was like, oh, just go to the drum room. And there was like this crappy sort of Pearl Export, British Racing Green thing right. in there. I know, I know that finish. Yeah, um, and she just taught me these drum beats. And then um, I remember the, the the room was really tiny, and it had like a little porthole window in it. And mm-hmm. this one of the six former guys kind of like. Up. I was like, what are you two doing in there? You can't do that, you girls. Really? I was like, that was the first experience for me that, um, where I was sort of, I don't know, where someone tried to tell me I couldn't do something because of my gender. Yes. 
at 14. I just kind of was just sort of casually going about my life, just like, yeah, I could do whatever I want. Because right. that was the way I brought up, you know, the way yeah. I was brought up. But um, so I was like, right, screw you then, Mr. Six Former, in your blazer and your immaculate tie and double winds and not. I'm going to go get drum lessons. And thankfully, like, my dad was pretty up for it because he'd been trying to get me to play an instrument for ages. Mm. And I just couldn't be bothered to, like, the, the reading the music thing, it was just taking too long. And I quite like instant satisfaction. And I really got that with drums, you know. Really? So you, did you find that you were, you were instantly, you could, you could do it? Yeah. You were like, oh, man, I've got yeah. a flair for this or whatever. Yeah. Amazing. Like, I tried flute and I tried cello and piano and... Oh no, I just couldn't do it. But then, like, mm. so drums, man. So what? But what you said about the kind of male attitude to female drummers mm. is, is actually is something I definitely wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, is that something? Do you think that's been through? That's been a constant, or only when you first started? Do you do you still get that attitude? I just got it now at the reception. Really. Yeah, like he's, you know, some people just don't know any different. If they don't know musicians or they, yeah. they don't come into contact them, contact with them very often or whatever. He was like, oh, so you were, are you a singer then? I get that a lot. People just assume I'm a singer. Yeah. And he was like, you a singer? I was like, uh, no. He's like, musician? I was like, yeah. He goes, what do you play? Like drums. He's like, oh, you don't really see that very often. I was like, what? Drummers? He was like, no. I was like, you mean because I'm a, a girl? Because I'm a woman. <laughs> And he was like, well, yes, I guess so. And I was like, but there, there, there aren't many. Mm. They're just, you know, female drums are more of a, like, an exotic beast, just simply because yeah. there, there, there just aren't as many, not as many girls seem to seem to take up drums. And, and I, I wonder why that is. Yeah, I think, I think there are a lot of, of women and girls playing drums. I do, I really do. It's just the women that, um, and the girls that feel like they can sort of actually actively pursue it as a career. Right. I don't know if they're getting discouraged or there there aren't enough role models out there for people to just, you know, girls to just like, oh, I want to be like her or oh, she's mm. done really well. I want to be like this person. And I remember playing a show in the States somewhere. I think it was Denver or something. And it was an all ages show. And there was this 14 year old girl there and she was right at the front, just staring at me the whole time. She was with a mum who was a MILF. She was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and she came up to me, up to me after the show, the girl, and she said, um, Oh, when I grow up, when I get older, I want to be a female drummer just like you. And I was just like, you're already female. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> drop the female. Just, yeah. Just be a drummer. Like, yeah. That's the kind of. It's crazy, but I feel like there are a lot of very strong, sort of female drummer, female drummer role models out yeah. there. So there's yourself. There's shout outs to Sharice, Emily Dolan, Davis. If you know those guys, yeah. They're, 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 they're I haven't awesome. met them, but I follow them on Instagram. They're, they're, <laughs> Bad. I mean, yeah. great players. Mm. Um, now I'm going to come clean and mm-hmm. say I said something stupid to you last week, and I think mm-hmm. that the, the yeah the drum thing, the drum thing that is it's so male dominated. So and so to the extent of even the language that surrounds it is very male. Mm. We were talking about like Bonham, I think, yeah. and we were talking about like either he, the big bass drum that he used, mm. and out outside we were going outside. And you pointed to the, my big 26-inch bass drum. Oh, yeah. And I went, I went oh, yeah, that's a man-sized one. <laughs> and, then I, and then I said that, and I realised the kind of implication of what I'd said yeah. with, after I'd said it, meaning, like, the implication could have been, yeah, that's not for you. And I was like, what a... And, of course, I didn't mean that. But I thought... <laughs> yeah, I, and that's something I, I found that I have used 
to in drums like if I'm using like a sort of big crash cymbal I'm yeah. like yeah that's a man sized one yeah and then I'm just like wow that language is actually like I wouldn't say inappropriate but mm. that just shows the the kind of demographic and the language that's just built up around drumming yeah. is it is very male dominated it's true yeah, and um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm never gonna say that again. <laughs> I'm not because I thought it was a stupid thing to say. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you got, you got away with it. <laughs> yeah, did like, that. Thanks. Yeah, you came back. Phew. Yeah, I just came. <laughs> I just asked you back here just to apologise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Aww. So anyway, so 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 going back. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you have lessons when when you first started? Or I did, um, but I was always very adamant that I didn't want to do exams and things like that. For me, even at school, it's not a way I don't think it's it's a good way to show how good I am because right. I kind of panic in exams yeah and I can't remember stuff in the short term very well so um for me it was I was just I went to see this guy and he was a jazz player and he's amazing and um I just remember just going to his drum lesson it wasn't this does this is gonna sound really inappropriate but it wasn't he you know he'd wear like really short shorts and like and vests like wife beater vests was it, was, like, it, was, it, was it a young guy or I, maybe he was I was 14, 15 he was maybe in his early 40s or something right. and he was like tanned and he had like sort of floppy sort of you know frosted tip bloody curtains and he'd just like show me all these like crazy chops and he'd like do it really slow at first and then and then he'd just get faster and faster and faster and you're like oh, what are you doing but he'd like tense his muscles right here and Man. yeah He's a great guy. Sounds, sounds, <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds very homoerotic. And he never really treated me like differently because I was a girl. He like ever like I never got that from him. He yeah. was just just treated me like I assumed he'd treat everyone else. Just he was really really great and um yeah I just used to go to the local drum shop for that and then um, he was really great. What else? So when when you at that age when you first died, mm. what who were the who were the guys or girls that you wanted to kind of like who were like yeah I want to be like you you know um, well Sheila E obviously obviously I want to be like Sheila E oh my god <laughs> she's such a badass I was watching uh, have you seen that um, uh, oh that American chat show where the the, um, the guy has he had like a drum solo week that was that was Letterman yes David Letterman that was yeah. it and um, and she was on and she's wearing this all sequin cocktail dress yeah. with like six inch heels. Oh, like, heels. There's a shot of her like doing double kick pedal with like yeah. six inch heels on it. I was like, oh, I love you. I could never do that, but like that's where the sequin, like I, I'm really into sequins. Right. Because I've, I've sort of grew up being a dancer and sort of doing stage stuff. And mum was, mum had always used to say to me, like, well, Anna, you are at the back of the stage. You need to be seen. So <laughs> let's get you some sequins. <laughs> So mum's like always made me sort of sequin jumpsuits and stuff for stage and. What kind of dancing did you do? Oh god, you know just kind of the, the bog standard stuff you do when you're a, a lass. Not that you know. No, but I, like, don't, you I know, don't know nothing like, about that. Tap dancing and modern ballet. Right. That kind of thing. I was in a couple of pantomimes. Right. So and did you did you did you I mean how long did you continue that for? Till I was about eighteen, actually. Really. I really loved it. Yeah. It was like my form of fitness, but then. Um, I don't know, I guess the drumming kind of took over and I started playing in um, uh, this covers band that did the working men's clubs around Yorkshire. And um, it was like, oh, that was a weird, weird time. Yeah, what kind of what kind of tunes? Okay, so we're talking like 
pre, we're talking pre 2000, so late 90s. So I guess all that. So a lot um, of Britpop. No, all that kind of crappy dance stuff that was out around then, like yeah. Castles in the Sky. Do you right, right. Yeah, I do actually. That kind of stuff. Right. And um, what's she gonna look like with a chimney <laughs> on her? That one. Yeah, I know that one. Um, oh so, wow! So, what, what a strange choice for 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 a kind of. It was bizarre. Like, what was the lineup of the band? It was me, and it, it was a married couple. Right. And they fought like handheld, like mm. all the time. So it was just me. And I felt like I felt like their kid. I I've I've <laughs> been in a band with with a married with a few married couples, and yeah, it, it can they they let it all hang out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In rehearsals, we're just like, oh shit. We uh, we just had a backing track, and the only thing that was really live was me. And a guitar and her vocals. A guitar. Yeah, right. My God, this sounds amazing, <laughs> Anna. Um, and by the way, a guitar in the late nineties—that was not cool. No, it like, really wasn't. There was like... nothing cool about this thing that I did. They, they paid me like fifty quid a night, and when you're like sixteen, that's seventeen, amazing. yeah, quids in like three gigs a weekend. It was amazing. Um, you were doing three gigs a weekend. Yeah, it's one hundred and fifty pounds a week. No, amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, and the backing track was on mini disc. Oh, so you, so you, you, and so you played to click? Yeah. Oh, goodness, it's good training. Yeah. Um, so we'd sort of turn up at these uh, working men's clubs, and I don't know if you've ever been, I can't imagine you've actually been to a working men's club. No. Especially in the north, the old mining towns. And no, stuff. I've never been to, like, you know, you know, the proper two sets, meat drawer in the middle kind oh, of... That's exactly what it was. Yeah, I've never done, no, I've never done one of these games. You either played two 45-minute sets or three 30-minute sets... And in between each set, they'd have a game bingo, <laughs> and they and the people in the crowd they don't give a shit about you at all. They're right, just, yeah. They just want you to get off so they can play bingo. Do the people dance? No. <laughs> why just, do Why do they book you for that? I don't know. We, we you know when you get called that's like they called us the turn. We were the turn, and then you just <laughs> were people like oh, a, hey, it turns here <laughs> that kind of thing down at Barnsley like Pigeon Club or something like that. I I I I played Butlins many times. Oh, I've never done that. Which is which I imagine is like so similarly. Our our, our paths are quite similar in the sense mm. of like I was very interested in the stage, so I was like I really liked acting. Yeah. And um, and I thought I wanted to be an actor. Uh, I, I don't think I was that good, but I, I was really into the idea of kind of theatre and the whole performance thing. Mm. And then yeah, I was in a I was in a band like that did covers, and. In like yeah, I was like nineteen twenty, mm-hmm. and we we used to do buttons, which is like which is and it was like deep down cool, but yeah, it, which I imagine is just like a big work working men's club sort of vibe because they were quite big. There was like two thousand people there, yeah, and but no one really gives a shit, and um, but it was kind of good. Sort of, I was really young, and it was just it was just quite good. To play gigs. Good experience. It's a paid yeah. rehearsal, you know? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, you know, even though I never wanted to stay doing that, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm kind of glad I did it. And it yeah. was it was good experience. Yeah, it really cemented the the idea of me wanting to be a professional musician, right. you know, doing that. Because it was just so, it was so relentless and it was so, I don't know, hard work. And this was pre-smoking ban as well. So you'd sort of... Mm be up there on stage and then you'd just be eyes are streaming because of all the smoke and then because I used to wear loads of glitter all the glitter (laughs) would be in my eyes smoke glitter oh what was what was the name of the band we were called Dreamworks Dreamworks oh wow (laughs) yeah I think I'm still friends with one of them on um, Facebook alright 
maybe I'll see what he's up to. I don't know. I, I do think that that's good training. And and even now, like the work that, that, that you do and the work that I do, you know, is different. I was going to try and say it's the same as doing those gigs, but it's not. <laughs> it's 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 very different. But but I think at that age, it's good and it teaches you um, about to how to play and yeah. you know and how to balance your accounts. <laughs> how to send an invoice. Yeah, how to send an invoice. Exactly. Things, things, yeah. things, all the glamorous shit. Yeah. You know. So how long were you in that? Were you in DreamWorks for? Oh, it wasn't very long. Maybe a year. I kind of, I sort of decided I wanted to leave when, when they had uh, the manager. They were these, this gay, two gay guys. You had a manager? Yeah. They, this like, is a pro operation. Yeah. There's big money in that kind of stuff. Like, mm. for the sort of, le- for the level it's at, people, bands get like a grand a night or something like that. And then they'd sort of pay me from that. Anyway. Um, and they just wanted me to wear like just a bra and hot pants really? and stuff. And I'm like... I don't think I'm... How did, how did you respond to that? Well, you know, I was very polite and I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe, like, we can discuss. And then I just was like, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I have to leave. Yeah. Because, you know, I've got a bit of self-respect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that kind of petered out. <laughs> Imagine saying that to, 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 to someone. No. No, why don't you, you wear a glittery thong? on stage well, it's funny because I didn't I didn't see myself as being a novelty then and right. I think a lot of people just saw me as, as a woman behind the drums and they were like oh we can capitalise on this let's get her in a sparkly bra and a we got an angle pants and yeah so I I don't want to say naive but I guess I was kind of naively kind of just sort of swimming my way through yeah that early part of my career just like just being like I you know having people sort of discriminate me for being a woman and I didn't I didn't really feel like I was a female drummer like I was doing it to sort of be like I'm a female drummer it was like I have a drummer because I can do it quite well and I find it fun <laughs> yeah so yeah, I don't know right on so you you were saying you didn't because I first saw you at the Astoria supporting um who, was, was it the Young Knives? Was it the Young Knives? You were playing with Lightspeed Champion. Yeah. Did you support the Young Knives? Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Um, oh, the Astoria. Yeah. That was one of my favourite gigs to... to if, if if I could be on the the front... The balcony on the mm. front row. Yeah. That was like the best point position to see a gig from. You know, because yeah. if anyone doesn't know the Astoria, it was... How many... How big was the Astoria? 1500 perhaps yeah i reckon and it was it's where the the crossrail is now on Tottenham Court Road and it was probably the stand it was standing at the bottom there's probably what maybe it wasn't as big as 1500 it's probably 500 on the bottom it was quite shallow wasn't yeah. it but wide like an old that. old theater but but yeah the i was at my favorite spot so front row yeah. on the balcony watching watching you and um, yeah, I thought you. I thought that that was. I really liked Lightspeed Champion. It was, it was good stuff. Yeah, it was good. It was good while it lasted. Um, so how did that that come about? Because you said you didn't come to London until until you were twenty twenty two. Is it? Um, twenty three or twenty four, something like that. 
Oh, really? Okay. I can't really remember. I've not really kept track. <laughs> um, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, how did that come about? My friend Victoria, my very, very good friend Victoria, she was friends with Dev, and she'd already moved to London. And he was he had a drummer already, but he was sort of looking for someone else. And she was like, oh, I have my friend Anna plays drums. She's sort of done this and that and the other. And, and he rang me up, and we had a little rehearsal, and then it kind of we kind of hit it off. And then we just went on tour, and it was the first time I'd ever really gone abroad to do gigs and sort of gone on a proper tour and, you know, split a tours of America and split a tours yeah. of Europe. and Pop, Proper work, man. <laughs> proper work. Yeah. And I was I was a real grot bag back then. I just remember... Were you? I, I don't know what... In what I, sense? I've definitely, definitely changed. But, like, we do, like, a 20-day tour, and I just wear the same pair of jeans... <laughs> For a gig, and just like generally, just mm. like every day, I don't know. Is that part of you rebelling about some guy telling you to wear like, like a sparkly bra? Maybe. He's like, fuck it, no, I'm gonna wear the same pair of jeans for a month. I just, just go completely the other way. It just kind of happened like that, and I kind of got home and I was like, this is a bit weird. <laughs> I need to go to the laundry. I I'm always like very aware, on tour, of being clean, because mm, if someone now. smells. It's it's and you're in close yeah. proximity to them, like that's bad. Yeah. On a on on in a splitter van. Yeah. For on a, on a twelve hour drive, it's I take it you 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 obviously weren't that you weren't that. Pony. I'm not a very stinky person. <laughs> I don't think everyone would no, be very polite. No, someone <laughs> someone would have told if if someone would have told you. Yeah. If you were like funky. I think they would have done. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's kind of it's it's a lot different now. I mean, I'm very, I'm very fortunate that we have tour buses and stuff. Yeah. But, um, but going going back to sort of sort of days, so you you, you hit the road quite hard with Lightspeed Champion, did you? Yeah, was we it? did. A lot yeah. of shows and yeah, because the album just kind of skyrocketed a little bit, and nobody really expected it. Right. So it started off quite casual, just kind of support tours and whatnot, and then and then everyone was like, "Whoa, Dev Hines, Lightspeed Champion," and um, and then we just sort of started doing everything. Like loads of, we did a couple of American tours, and that was so much fun. Um, like the first proper time I've been to the states as well, and yeah. I really fell in love with it. That's a, you know? a big deal. The first Amer- your first American tour you yeah. do is like you're like I have so made it. Yeah, this is like amazing. Oh god, it's so great. Even now I get excited touring in America. Yeah. I get excited touring. I I love touring. I genuinely do. Um, yeah, so that we kind of hit it really hard, and then it was only for a year. It was pretty much all of 2008 we were away. It felt like a lot longer. Hmm. Um, and then... And what was the lineup of that band? It was... I remember you. This is it. So I'm, getting, I'm getting a flashback to the story. Did you play the Star Wars theme tune? Yeah. That's what I remember. <laughs> and you hitting, like, the two... Your your, your two toms, like, they were timpani. It's yeah. like, dong, 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 yeah. dong. I just remember that. He was... He's, he used to get very obsessed with certain things I remember him being completely obsessed with Lost and I'd never seen it like I, I wasn't really into that and this whole thing about someone had killed Naomi or something like that and so he wrote he got like some pink gaffer tape and he wrote you on like a on the bass amp and then killed on my kick drum right. with like pink gaffer and then Naomi on like the guitar amp and everyone's like what does that even mean and <laughs> um, I was probably yeah. thinking I was probably thinking that and then he was like wouldn't it be great if we just did like you know the the death march or whatever it's called from uh, oh, dun, dun, Darth Vader's dun, tune? Dun, yeah, dun, dun. what's it called? Uh, Darth Vader's tune. Darth Vader's tune. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, we did that, and then it just became a thing, and then we just couldn't not do it because everyone just really wanted to hear it. So, funny enough, like like you know, ten ten is it ten years on, eight years on. Mm. That's the bit I remembered from the gig. Oh, it was great. I had a really great time. Like the boys in the band are really nice. Yeah. So what was the lineup? It was um, an old friend of Dev's uh, called Martin. Um, he lives in Bristol. So there's there's a, there's a there's a street light one and, it's, and I thought it's a cement mix for a moment I thought the studio was on fire but it's not so that's that's good we can we can we can continue yeah <laughs> um, he lives in Bristol now and I think he's married and he's got a baby and he's doing this sort of soloy kind of folky stuff and then a guy called Mike who played in a band called Hope of the States do you remember them I remember them yeah. were they were they emo-y? oh they were kind of like oh like epic. I don't know. Epic is in like loads of like loads of like really layered guitars, and then like he'd be playing. Mike played the violin and um, that kind of thing. No, I don't know. I, mm. I, I don't. I, I, they were one of those bands. I remember, like I know the name, but yeah. I can't. I, I can't recall any of their music. Yeah, they were very of that. Sorry, Mike. Time. Right. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Mike's really great. He lives on a narrowboat um, down near Heathrow, or wherever right. the Thames goes, kind of like that way. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but he's in a band called the Leisure Society, I think. I know the Leisure Society. Yeah, yeah. Mike, which Mike? Mike, the, he's got bald, he's got no hair. Ma- I know Mike. Oh, Mike. He, uh, ch- cello, oh, Mike, plays cello in the in the. Maybe he does. He definitely does violin, and maybe he does cello as well. I'm not sure. No, Mike does violin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, they. I've done gigs with Mike. Yeah, he's a really lovely guy. He's amazing. Hi, Mike. Yeah. They <laughs> one of the tours we did with Laura, uh, the, the Leisure Society supported, and. Some of the, the guys from the society were in the band. Yeah. I, I think I did Glastonbury with Mike. He did, uh, Mum, he played uh, in Mumford and Sons for a bit as well. Yes. This is definitely, yes. Yeah. I might. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, so there were like, there were four of, four of you in that band. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. It was a really good time. And we had like, hardly any crew. We had like a Argentinian sound guy who was amazing, who I actually bumped into at some traffic lights on Upper Street, I think, or on our bikes. You know when you just... Oh, those weird serendipitous moments you get in London when mm. you bump into someone on the tube that you haven't seen for ages or, like, you pull up next to them on your bike at some traffic lights and you're like, shit, I've not seen you for <laughs> three years. Yeah. And then I'm then a- the lights turn green and then you go and off then- again and then you don't see each other. Did you say hello to him? Yeah, we had, a, like, a little chat until the lights turned green again and then we went our separate ways. I met a guy... Really beautiful. I met a guy... Uh, I used to... I've just moved, but last year mm. I lived near Victoria Park and I used to, like, there's a little, like, exercise area in Victoria Park oh, yeah. with, like, you know, yeah. and stuff. And uh, I bumped into a guy there called John Shah, who I've not seen for 23 years. Wow. Yeah. So recognised each he other. Looks, he looks exactly the, <laughs> exactly the same. We, we, had a, we had a shed in our back garden and that's where my drum kit was and we used to have like band I like I had like little bands and I only met him a couple of times mm. and he was a bit older than me and I thought he was cool and um he came to like one of these you know jam sessions that we had yeah and um yeah and I just really remembered him and um did he come up to you or did you go up to him how did this how so did this what happen? in so 23 years later yeah, yeah. I'm in the park and I just turn around and I'm like it's fucking John Sharp. And I said, you're, you're John Sharp. 
And he was like, yeah. And and I look com- I look completely different. Right. And I was like, do you remember? And and yeah, yeah. When I first met you, you had long hair. I had long hair. Yeah. yeah. I, I I'm like you know I like morph every seven yeah. years into a yeah. completely different person. But turns out John Shaw hasn't, and right. he's just exactly the same. See, but yeah, that was the, one of those really weird like London moments of yeah. like. Fuck. It blows my mind. I kind of yeah. have like this what are the chances? bird's eye view. Whenever that happens to me, I bumped into an ex-boyfriend actually on the Central Line a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I just kind of imagine like being a bird looking down and sort of seeing our paths like going, you know, snaking around London and then all of a sudden we're like, boop, we meet and then we, we go again and then will yeah, there be yeah, some yeah, kind yeah. of preordained <laughs> place the way we're going to meet again and are, you know we're just kind yeah. of snaking around and if you think about it like that yeah think about how many near misses you've had with people exactly people yeah. that you haven't seen yeah. for for however long yeah that you just they're on the next carriage or they you know they you you just miss them but but you'll never yeah. know i mean if you think about it, actually all the people that you've met over the years that sort of stuff must be happening all the time yeah you know what i mean yeah for sure yeah probably best not think about that <laughs> <laughs> could go crazy but anyway so so going back to so the 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 lightspeed champion thing mm-hmm. so it was cool but it was, you were saying it was quite short-lived yeah it was like just 2008 right. and then dev moved to new york and i'd moved to i was still living in leeds at this point when i was in the band and i was like sod it i'll just move to london because mike's girlfriend was moving out of her house and i was like I'll move in. It was really cheap. It was like 265 quid a month. Where was that? It was in Bow, Victoria really? Park. Wow. I know. It was a tiny room, but it had a really noisy boiler in there, but like 265. For that money. You can't beat it. Bring it on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just, I moved and I assumed, you know, wrongly that the band would carry on and yeah. we'd we'd sort of jammed some stuff for the next record and you know, we started playing stuff live and then he moved to New York um, and started doing his whole thing there, got a band over there and I was like, I was quite heartbroken. It was like I'd been broken up with. <laughs> um, I was very sort of, I felt quite naive actually about that because um, that is how the music industry works. It's people, how the music, that is how the music industry works, but... People just kind of move on. But when when it happens and it, it does happen to me, like now, yeah, there's always a part of you that's like... Like, and and like rationally, you're like, well, of course, I, you sh- you've got to go and do, you know, the artist has to go and do their own things, and yeah. I'm never going to stop anyone, yeah. you know, doing and you know, it's not like once you play drums with someone, it's not like a marriage. That's it. Like you're mm. you're in this, but yeah, there is always part of you that's just like, oh man, yeah, <laughs> I know. I was really <laughs> sad, so I'd moved to London, and I was like, oh, I don't have any money anymore. <laughs> I, don't I haven't have got any gigs. I haven't got a gig. I haven't got any gigs. I've got like a tiny bit of money from you know the last tour we did, so I got a job at the science museum. <laughs> really? So I was Do, doing doing what? Uh, I was I got the job thinking I would be giving tours or like working yeah. in the exhibitions that kind of stuff, but I was just like a front of house like ticket monkey, just like oh, <laughs> ticket. ticket monkey. I'm gonna turn this mic around. Um. To you a bit. Yeah, there we go. Yeah and. So, yeah, I just kind of sold tickets for the extra exhibitions and the and the IMAX, and I did actually get to work in the IMAX. That was quite nice. And what uh, was that like after kind of touring and doing? Was that a kind of reality crash? Not really, because I have got a pretty good work ethic, and if I need money, I'll just go get a job. And 
I know some people find it hard to get jobs, but I I will do anything. If I need if if you need cash, there's plenty of jobs out there. I'm in that camp. Right. So um yeah, I was just like, oh, I'll just get this job and whatever. It was like just above minimum wage and whatever. Um and it was just nice to sort of meet new people in London as well. Yeah. So I worked there for maybe six or seven months. And it was actually quite you like full time as well? No, I did. It was it was five days a week, but it was like ten till four or something like that. Ten till five every day, but it was just sitting on the district line from Mile End to South yeah, Kent. Yeah, it's a long way. It was about fifty minutes. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, bloody hell. What was your thing? Books or like podcasts or? Just music. Yeah. Just like listening to. I don't know. I can't remember what I was listening to at that point, but um. I like a bit of a commute. I just moved yeah. from Bow. Where I used, to, I literally used to skateboard to the studio, which was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was, but I really enjoyed that. But now I have to get the train, and it's about thirty-five minutes uh-huh. each way. But now I'm like, I, I do an album a day. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, but fifty—that's a bit. That's a bit too much. Do you ever get obsessed with an album and just listen to it like constantly? Um, no, I don't actually. It's Definitely. funny. Funny. I was talking. This is a bit of a subject shift, yeah, but sure. I tend to. There's so much music out there. Uh, now and we have we have access to so much music mm. that I I tend to listen to like a lot of different music. I do get obsessed with songs. Yeah. Because. Yeah, me too. Actually. When 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 I was in my teens and my early twenties, an album was still really a bit of an investment. Yeah. Because so when iPods came on, that changed mm. all of that because you you could copy music really easily. Mm. Um. So I, I would tend to obsess over albums just because I'd spent money on them. Yeah. And uh, there wasn't access to as much music. Mm. So now I, te- I think I tend to get obsessed with, 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 with songs. Mm. And also the, those songs are like really disparate in, in terms of like what they are. Like yeah. I, 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 mine is a pretty broad church, as is most people's. Yeah. And going something, something I wanted to say actually, going back to the beginning of our conversation... I don't think, when I was growing up, you were defined by the music that you listened to. Mm-hmm. So you were saying this townies versus sweaty. Yeah, sweaties. sweaties. <laughs> so in my school, all of my friends listened to, were essentially into kind of rock and grunge. Mm. That's the thing. We weren't friends with anyone that wasn't into the same music that yeah. we were into and didn't dress the same as us. And the same for the for the like the rave guys, mm. but now it's it's not there anymore. I don't no. think I don't think it, pl- please kids you know write <laughs> write in if I'm wrong. <laughs> but I I I think because of the way in which we we have access to music, I don't mm. think people are young people uh, at that age are defined as much by by the music they listen to as they were in the late nineties. Yeah. I, I feel very confused by a lot of my friends. <laughs> I love them dearly. But I am very much of that indie kid kind of... Like, I love real music. Right. I love loud music. I like it sort of guitar-y and just riffy. Whatever. But, like, everywhere you go, every pub you go to, every bar, every club, everyone's playing dance music. Mm. And I just... And everyone just... who Who I thought was into sort of indie kind of, you know, organic kind of like real sort of guitar-based drum stuff. Everyone's just super into the dance stuff and I just, I can't get into it really. It Really, I mean, 
It does seem to be uh, a bit of a bleak time for bands. There's not a lot of... There's not as many bands around as as perhaps that there were. But I, 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 would, I think my listening habits are different in the sense mm. of, like, I don't really care... Someone said something the other day. You know, someone says something to you and, like, it and it really sticks in your mind yeah. and you find yourself thinking about it for like weeks after <laughs> someone said yeah funky bass lines I just don't like that was it <laughs> okay. and I found myself thinking about that and I'm like what a weird thing to say that is so bizarre it's such a weird thing yeah. to say okay so that's a lot of music that you've just like you know outed because funky bass lines are like okay so there's obviously like James Brown but but a lot of music has a kind of like funk element in it. Yeah. And I just thought it was, I thought it was, in, and the person was like a, what I considered to be like a music fan. So I was like, that's, that, that, that's a really bizarre thing to say. But I would say I would not discriminate against any music because of its sort of aesthetics. So, you know, guitar, I, 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 I like guitar music. There's a lot yeah. of guitar music I don't like, but I, I, there's, there's dance music I really like as well. No, that's true. I, yeah. And I'm sure, I, you know. There is. I kind of, I really like Moderat. Moderat. Do you know them? No. It's Mode Selector and Apparat, and they kind of... Moderat. Moderat. <laughs> the obvious Moderat. choice. <laughs> I, only, I only know them because uh, Metronomy sound engineer, Paul Yates, hi Paul, great guy, uh, from Liverpool. <laughs> um, he plays them at when he's testing the PA. Right, right, and okay. it's just like, really just like proper deep kind of bassy sort of synthy sounds and mm-hmm. I really I really got into it because of him but um they're really cool but yeah great anyway. but but going back to it I would agree with you in the sense of like that the, you know the the guitar thing just doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be in fashion at the moment no it doesn't unless you listen to the Alabama Shakes album which is Bad oh ass. my god! Bad, bad. What a babe! I love yeah. her so much. Yeah, she, they're 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 an astonishing band. They won a Grammy, didn't they, for something? Yeah. Um, Some category. Yeah, and I'm I'm a big fan of Blake Mills, who produced that. Yeah. He's he's astonishing and and an astonishing guitarist. And, and I I I would say, I've spent a fair amount of time in in America last year, mm. and I would say that like the Americans are a bit broader in it's the style of music that they go for yeah. I think in England we get very fashion obsessed so it's That's like true. synths are in we're into synths and then yeah. the next minute it's like synths are so yesterday it's all about mm. whatever whatever the next thing is yeah which is all bollocks because I mean I just want to hear good music and I don't really care it, what form mm. what form or what genre that it, it, it hits my ears. Yeah. You know, it's you just want to hear kind of. I good stuff. I don't discriminate against bands. And I feel like people, you know, when people just hate, love to hate on Coldplay and and whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. you can't deny a. I just can't deny a good tune if there's like. That's it. You just can't deny it. Can't deny a good pop song. Yeah. It like, doesn't like, matter who's written it. Like whatever. the new Bieber record. I try. I try to hate Same. that. Same. I'm like. <laughs> A banger, it's a banger. I didn't even try to hate it. I was like, wow, this song's amazing. <laughs> oh, really? And I was like, who's this? And they're like, who's Justin Bieber? And I'm like, shit. No, I had a little <laughs> moment of like, kind of being, mm, I just, you know, I just, I, yeah, whatever. But yeah. there's some good <laughs> anyway. songs there. And it, and yeah, amen. And it sounds great. Yeah. Wait, we went completely off tangent there. We did. What yeah, were we, talking we were talking about you. But so, <laughs> I, so you had this sort of lost 
<laughs> this lost seven months in the science museum. Oh God, it's actually a really fun time at science museum. Like I did, so, ha- I did have a great time. Were you gigging at that point as well? No, so I really... was like in between bands, right? As I like to call that period of my life, sort of arse end of two thousand and eight into sort of early two thousand and nine. Um, but yeah, and that's when I got a phone call. No, that was it. I Were was you like, going mad? Sorry, at that point. A little Not bit. Not playing. Were you like mad? A little you? bit. It was a very, it was a very transient time. It was very, I don't know. I was kind of doing a lot of soul searching and like, mm. wow, what does my life mean? You know, now right. I'm here in London and I struggling to make ends meet and whatever. I'm working at Science Museum and and then I was on the bus, the number eight bus, classic number eight. I bus. know the number eight bus. Just done my shopping at Tesco and I was just like lugging all these route. bags, pissing it down with rain. And I got this text message and I didn't recognise the number and it was like, hi, it's Joe from Metronomy. Would you be interested in playing drums for us? Uh. And I was like, yes. I was just like (laughs) trying to play it cool. I was like, yeah. I just wanted to shout down the phone like, yes, "Yes, I'll do it. I'm not doing anything. (laughs) That's not because I was desperate. There was like elements of like desperation in in there, but like, um, no man, I've I've had those calls, and you yeah. want to be like, oh yeah, I'll try and fit that shit in, but yeah. you're, really you're going like, yes, yeah! yes, 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 I'll do it a thousand times, yes. So yeah. So how would he? How did had he seen you? Well, we'd when I first joined Lightspeed, we'd actually played a new ravey kind of show at the Amersham Arms down in New Cross. That was in two thousand and eight, and we were supporting Metronomy. It was a Metronomy show, uh, and that was when in, it was the three piece, and Gabriel was in the band, yeah. and they had a backing track, no drummer. Um, and then Gabriel, like between that point and Joe texting me, like Gabriel had left um, to pursue his his other nightworks. Nightworks, yeah, it's great. It's a really good album. That really one. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he'd sort of left, and I think Joe was very very upset by that. And just thought, well, rather than just getting another bass player in, let's just change the whole thing. Let's so just this is make pre English Riviera, or is it? Yeah, this is like after Nightworks. No, sorry, Nights Out. Nights Out, right? So no, this is—is is this the album before the one before the English Riviera? Yes. Yeah. Right. So it was kind of in between albums. Um, so this was two thousand nine. And there was still like so a few commitments, like festivals and right. little gigs here and there. Um, and then he was just like, "Yeah, just come for a jam at the premises." And then just turned up, and I was really unprepared. No, I, no, that's not. Wait, that is not true. I wasn't unprepared. I was still working <laughs> at the science museum, and I was listening to Nights Out on my headphones, like on the bloody district line there and back every day, fifty minutes, so I could listen to the album one and a bit times. And I was like, there are no real drums on this record. How the hell am how I going to... Appro- how did you approach that? It was very, very difficult, actually. Um, but thankfully, Joe's a drummer as well. So And like obviously, he'd written the sort of program, the drum beats on that record. So he was very sort of forthcoming with his ideas of like how we can interpret it. And we had like an SPDS. So we had like a little bit of sort of electronic elements on there but it, it was quite a journey trying to figure out how to do those yeah, absolutely translate that onto an acoustic kit and, and, and how was it from the first kind of jam you mm. had with them did it feel good immediately or was there a period of adjustment it felt because really you hadn't played at this point for, for 
for a while. Yeah, because so you know, there's a, <laughs> that's really rusty. There's all there's all that as well. Always really rusty. Yeah, um, yeah I well, it was when Benga was um, playing. Benga had sort of turned up the same day as me. So you joined together. Yeah, we joined at the same um. time. And I just remember Benga just kind of just being stood in the corner, just looking really cool, and I was really intimidated <laughs> he's, he's, by him. He's annoyingly he really, cool. He didn't really say much. <laughs> and he was just in there, just like moving <laughs> yeah. about. And I'm like, oh god, my elbows hurt. Like, I, don't know I gotta remember. I gotta remember how to do this. I've got to go work tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah. And also, I find that those, you know, I won't call it an audition, but mm. that that thing where this could lead to something mm. that I always find so much seems riding on that. Yeah. Because you want to, I, I don't know, I w- won't speak for you, but I assume you didn't want to keep working at the Science Museum. You no, wanted to you know, go off and tour yeah, again and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, they're quite, for, for, for oneself, they quite, can be mm. quite sort of high-pressure situations. Yeah. yeah. It was, but I kind of feel like Joe had already made his, made his mind up I'm not sure if there was like a bit of positive discrimination going on there with sort of him maybe wanting, you know, me because because I'm a woman and mm-hmm. you know that happens and and that's I'm I'm cool with that <laughs> I'm sure if, a lot of women are you know, um, but you but you still you've got to be able to play no matter how you yeah. look no matter who you are yeah I, I, and so <clears throat> I mean sorry to cut in there mm. but now is the flip side of what we were saying yeah. you were saying sometimes men myself included as we know said stupid things to you mm. now and, and what you're saying it can also work the other way yeah it it does and it and I, I feel I don't really feel like my career has been made on positive discrimination but it's definitely been an element in there because let's face it like Girl drummers look better than boy drummers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with that. That's yeah. Case closed on that. Um, one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I think yeah. that the, the way you look, or, or or perhaps your gender, is it's only kind of an icebreaker in mm. the sense of like, oh, aesthetics aside, you still have to be right for the gig you still have to be able to play you still Mm. have to be able to get on with people you still have to be able to translate the songs I mean I would say there have been a there's been certain gigs and I won't go into which (laughs) that I was didn't get involved in or was removed from because Mm. I didn't have the right face oh I, I I just didn't I wasn't the right person for that for that gig Definitely. I don't. I don't like that. It and, makes and, me feel uneasy. And and but you know it's the music industry yeah. and and people and certain corners of it are can be quite, you know, fashion conscious or whatever. Mm. And so I think it works a little bit for everyone. Yeah. In, like, in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I'm aware. I've maybe contradicted myself a little. No, but bit. I think. No, but I think there is. But I think to be aware of that kind of positive discrimination, like you have to be aware of it. And I, I feel like you know part of my career has been a little bit based on that, mm. um, and the fact that I can I can play and you yeah. know just. But you know, but but I mean, here you are, sort of like, ten years later or whatever, yeah. and you know the fact is is that, like, you wouldn't still be playing drums 
you, you know your career isn't like if it isn't just based upon you being female yeah it, it's based it, that that's only the fluff yeah the core is like you being able, and I, I and I've seen you in metronomy uh five six times yeah and you you sounded great every time oh, particularly at green man you you were slaying at green man Benga wasn't there was he is that when we pretty sure he I know he couldn't was he not there? I thought we had Gabriel. Because uh, ben, I think Benga was at his wife's sister's wedding or something like that. Yeah, I yeah. Sorry, Benga. That was a particularly good gig. <laughs> I'm sure it had nothing I'm sure it had nothing to do I with you. Jim. I had nothing to do with, with you not being there. <laughs> so so anyway, so you so you started with them in so you're saying two thousand and nine? Nine, yeah. Wicked. Yeah, we did uh that's been a long that's been a long It's been a while. A long old while now. Yeah, yeah. I it feels weird whenever I play with anyone else. Because really? you know when you, I don't know, it's like being in a in a relationship. <laughs> you know when you 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 know you're married, like you know what it's like to be in a long term relationship. I do. It's sort of, it's very much like that, and you kind of you're you're very comfortable with each other, and you know each other's limit limitations, and mm. you'll never push them that far to kind of break those those limitations, and I don't know. I, I'd be really I'd be really sad if we weren't if I wasn't not in that band anymore I think it would carve a huge chunk out of me but um, it's been a long time they are right like my brothers they of really are. Yeah. you know they look after me and you know you know they are feminists even though they probably would never sort of <laughs> admit to it um, mm. they stick up for me they're pretty good yeah and you, you well you've done like a lot of a lot of gigs oh, so many gigs yeah, you talk pretty hard right 20 14 was supposed to be like, yeah, we're just going to take it easy this year. <laughs> but it wasn't. We did like two American tours and we were like two German tours. Like, because the album did really well and it, you can't yeah. just not tour and you've got to go and meet all the fans. And, you know. Is, was... that, the, is that the English R- Riviera? 2014 was Lost actually. The... Uh, okay. But we were still kind of riding on that English Riviera wave at this point because that came out in 2011. Mm. Um, and with the Mercury thing as well, it kind of brought a whole new set of fans in. Mm. You know, the kind of the thinking man and the, <laughs> yeah, the, the Guardian, the Guardian reader. Yeah, all well, the Guardian readers exactly. Yeah. There, you know, there was all the the men just stood at the back. You know, stroking stroking their beards. Yeah, and all the kind mm. of hardcore like young fans were just like yeah at the front. And I first saw you at the because obviously I I met Benga. I've known Benga for for a yeah. while. And um, I think I, I I met you. Through, That's how we met. Benga. He sat yeah. us together on purpose. At the wedding. wedding, we shouted drums. Because awesome. we were drummers, he was like, "Oh, Anna and Matt will get along." Yeah, yeah, that was great. But um, so I first saw you guys at the Kentish Town Forum mm. when you had the the you were all wearing grey and a grey and black. I think was it grey and white? And you had the the what were You've they? You've seen a lot of classic gigs. They yeah. Were all, yeah. And and so that that was before the English Riviera came out. Yeah. And yet, so you had these light discs yeah. that you were wearing. Yeah. That was great. They'd kind of evolved because before I joined the band, they were just like literally, you know, the push lights you get from IKEA. They were just stuck on the boys' right. chests with Velcro, right. and they just like knock them on and off like that. But, <laughs> really? but at this point, they'd kind of evolved. Well, maybe evolves like too big a word for for that but we were kind of all connected to like this brain we called it and there was this box tiny little box on my drum riser and each one had like a cable coming out right to each of us 
So we were all just. <laughs> oh, like, you were plugged in. You were literally plugged we in. We were all plugged into this oh, one sort of so brain, this heart um, there. And then Oscar would. He'd have the controller by his feet, so he's doing all his like MIDI stuff and all his keyboards and whatnot, and doing triggering all the lights with his feet as well. Um, oh, so he? Or, I always so thought the lighting to, guy would, would operate. No, it. no, no. It was Oscar, <laughs> like just being such an overachiever at that point. And so, so we were all kind of not, you know, we were free to sort of just play our instruments, not really think about sort of the timing of the lights and. God, I'd even I'd forgotten about that era of metronomy. It's funny, like, so long like ha- ha- having this chat with you mm. and and you talking about your upbringing, mm. like, mo- like metronomy really is the perfect gift for you in 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 the sense of like, not only musically but that sense of like, uh, theatre. Yeah. That you obviously kind of oh, was brought up with. It, yeah. it was it's a good, a really good fit. It was great. I remember that show because. Um, in soundcheck, Oscar was just like, right, I want my melodica, actually, to kind of drop from the ceiling <laughs> really, really slowly, just in time for my solo, and then I'll play this melodica solo, and then it'll just go up. So he kind of was just, like, running around Kentish, uh, Kentish Town trying to find some fishing wire to kind of, like, attach this thing. That's and then we actually, cool. someone was, like, with a drawstring, like, pulling it like this, and then it would come down and he'd play oh, and stupid. Am I right in saying that that was probably your biggest gig up to that point yeah because there was it felt very strange it's really amazing to see a band at that point where they this is this is like they just started to play kind of yeah. forum star shows and there's that real sense of like excitement but both in the band and in the crowd yeah and I I, I really remember I, re- I remember where I was standing as well and um, it was a really good it was a really good gig thanks I have um, I have this thing in my brain where my my brain just blocks out anything really, really exciting that happens in my life. Oh, really? So I could just barely... I remember, like, tiny, tiny facts, like, useless facts of that day. Like, any... Oh, we had an interesting... Chi- I had a good chicken sandwich oh, before that, I... Yeah, the rider was really great that <laughs> night. And there was actually toilet... There was actually toilet paper in the toilet, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Why is that? Do you get nervous? I... Th- I wouldn't call it nerves as such. I think I just get this like real adrenaline, like, and it's just with me, like, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go back to bed that evening. Like, it's a real kind of like, almost like my whole body's vibrating, just like. Well, on the on the day of a show. Yeah. Specifically, right. Yeah, on big on like on big London shows. So after that, I think we did Albert Hall. That was like the next big London one. Yeah, and wow. that was like such a massive deal. And how did that go for you? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't bloody remember the show. Yeah. I remember my dad and my the, sister. The dressing being room. There the dressing room was tidy. Yeah. <laughs> it was just. It was a strange, strange one. Um, again, there was theatrics in that, like Oscar being like pushed out on his little organ keyboard on a riser, kind of round the back of me, and then to the front of the stage. And then Gabriel had a cameo where he would do a guitar solo, but he was like up in one of the boxes, and then the spotlight would just kind of like fly to him and he'd do this like shredding solo but I just don't remember (laughs) I just don't remember Mm. like actually sort of sitting there and playing and like it's very bizarre do you remember I wore a green sequined jumpsuit back back to the sequins that was the that was the um the premiere of the sequins I think and then I couldn't really go back so, really, do you always wear wear sequins when you After think? that, I was I was wearing that. If this was before we had like a proper uniform, um, I just had this sequin jumpsuit, and I was like, "This feels great. I feel like I feel like a disco ball." Yeah. Are you always Are you always in uniform now when yeah. you play? 
Yeah. You always look very sharp. Yeah, I we gotta had, say. We had some suits made. Right. Like total wankers. We had some suits <laughs> tailored. Yeah. But obviously, because, you know, being the only woman in the band, they went to a, a tailor that only really does men's stuff. And and he, he'd sort of made me this, like a prototype suit and... It didn't fit over my arse, and the jacket didn't fasten over my tits, and I was like, <laughs> oh, God, this is ridiculous. So the boys let me sort of create my own outfit, and so I just didn't I didn't wear a suit in the end. I ended up wearing a jumpsuit. The same, Again, co- my, the same colours? Same colours, exactly the same fabric. Yeah. Um, my mum's a dressmaker. Oh, Not really? by trade, but she is a very good right. dressmaker, so she would always just sort of do my do my costumes she just you know I'd go home and she'd just like measure me up and and is that like Joe's thing like we're all gonna <clears throat> we, yeah. all, we all need to be in uniform yeah I think so it do, it, do, it does look cool when a band get it right it, it, it is it's really cla- it's really classy yeah. it's great I, I really I'm a big fan of the uniform I don't know what that says about me but I really I mean A because I'm I'm lazy and I, I don't like to think about what I have to wear in the morning if there's a uniform I'm like great <laughs> just give me a bloody uniform um, but I like to feel part of a gang yeah. and wearing a uniform like that when you're, get, when you're at a festival and you're like you're all in your dressing room and you're just sort of having a couple of drinks and chatting and then tour manager's like right it's time for stage and you walk over there's no better feeling for me than like walking from dressing room to stage in same outfits, the same colours. It's just so badass. You're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to go show. And, and, and <laughs> maybe part of you know that like, if you walk out as a gang dressed the same, yeah. everyone's looking at you and yeah. going, yeah. This guy's <laughs> like, <me> business. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was great. It, it really kind of felt, it started to feel more and more amazing when we got the proper suits. But um, they stink. I actually have them. I have them at <laughs> really? home. How how do you keep them clean then? Well, we got um we got them dry cleaned. Um, we had a very selfless tour manager actually, and she was very very good at getting them dry cleaned like every other gig. Wait, who who is your tour manager? Uh, she's called Gina Coates. We're doing stuff with her. Yeah, because I'm doing a I'm going to South uh, South America mm. with um Laura. Yeah. In April, and she's doing the TM. Is she? Yeah, I should probably cut this out. But yeah, yeah she she's she super seems sweet. she seems great. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was I going on? Oh yeah. Um, so you had a selfless tour manager. Yeah, and she would just she would make sure that the suits were clean like all the time. But then there was always this thing on tour where oh my god, if they shrunk, oh god, this guy shrunk them, and it's like guys, we're on tour, like we're drinking beer every night, <laughs> like we're just getting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, 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 it's definitely not me. Like, it's definitely yeah. shrunk. They were careless at the dry cleaners. It's like, yeah. you know, when you just kind of feed yourself lies yeah, to make yeah, yourself yeah. feel all right about now, something. Now, it's interesting you bring that up because, <clears throat> so I haven't been on tour for like the last four months. I've been mm. back and yeah. I feel like really good and yeah. sort of svelte and yeah. fit. Yeah. And on tour, it's, it's hard, man. I feel like someone's like opened me up and poured like, you know, you get into bad butter habits. and 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 it's like that, almost like a Christmas feeling. Yeah, I think it, for me it's the beer. I love a I love a beer. See, I don't, you, yeah. you find yourself drinking like every night after the gig. I mean, and I don't drink like that much, but you know, three beers a night is that's a lot of like that's a big it's a lot of calories. It's a big calorie in there. Yeah, you know, it is. And then on top of the chips and dips, and then chips and you know you mix dips. nuts like yeah. all that stuff. temptation everywhere yeah i mean how, how do you you know do you because you, you, you're like a very a slim lady so oh, you, do, do you keep fit on tour i am big into yoga 
and I would, especially in America, it's a lot easier actually than in um, Europe and the UK. Um, I would always pick pick a yoga studio that was like an hour's walk away, and I would walk there in an hour, right? And then do a yoga class for an hour, and then walk back again for awesome. an hour. So that would be like that's if that's if I didn't get into that horrible routine of like staying up till four a.m. and waking up at two in the afternoon and yeah. And then and then you've got like the breakfast sound check. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's horrible. Oh god. <laughs> so do you do you, do you, do you you do you party hard in metronomy? Um yes and no. We party hard in the sense that we drink every night. Right. And most of the time we do get a bit tipsy after the show. We're never drunk before stage ever. But like afterwards we'll definitely definitely have some tequila. Great. We had like a time when we were drinking Jaeger bombs. Oh, oh uh, man, no. Jaeger is like just like the worst hangover. I don't know what's in it, like, but it, it's supposed to be quite medicinal, isn't it? Well, that's bullshit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but we'd have um, back in the day, we had like a rolling rider, so we would have a different spirit every night. So you get your case of beer, and then yeah. you'd get a spirit. But it'd be a different one every night, and then when it when it was Jaeger night, we were just like, no, it's Jaeger. <laughs> Not <night."> again. <laughs> no. And that's when you knew it was gonna be bad. But um, yeah, um, but the boys have all got kids now, and you know, it's I mean, except for Oscar, he hasn't got kids. But um, yeah, I think the partying is a little bit less. We're not drug takers at all. It's nothing to do with that. It's just yeah. I mean, I know alcohol's a drug, but. Yeah. yeah, we just we like beer. Yeah, I, you know. So you, but you're obviously very comfortable on tour. You obviously like. You're someone that likes to be. I like traveling. Yeah. I do remember sitting down when I was fourteen or fifteen, having a chat with a, a friend, who I'm still friends with now, which is, you know, quite rare for me to have a friend for that long. Um, not because I break up with people, just you know, you kind of naturally just sort yeah. of move I, I, through I, your I, life I, cycles, I, don't you? I would say I, I'm. I'm have a similar yeah. thing. And I just remember sitting down and saying to her, like, I want to be in a band and I want to travel the world. And and it actually happened. And <laughs> Yeah, so just just being away and seeing new places and getting paid to do it. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's really cool. It's amazing. I mean, it really is. Like, I don't take it for granted at all. Yeah, like, that's good. Yeah, because I find that, like, sometimes you, you, can, you can be around people Particularly at festivals, because you know, festivals you just bump into other bands, which mm. is awesome. And when you when you get a whinger, you're just like, oh fuck off. Yeah, you're ruining my vibe. Man. Yeah, no, it's, it's a bit <laughs> like, like like seriously, it's it's a, it's a really it's a, it is a really great job, mm. and we and anyone that does it is so privileged to do it. Yeah, and you know we got to remember like what we had to do to get to this point. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's not easy. Mm. And it might not be for, for 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 our. It's only for a finite period of time yeah. as well. And yeah, and when you get a whinge, I I I have absolutely no time for it. But saying that, you know, it can be difficult at times. Yeah. You miss being at home. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it it it's quite it's quite an extreme way of living, really. Mm. You know, but yeah, I like it. I wouldn't want to do anything else right now. No. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> But well, I mean, we're not touring, so um, at the moment. So you're you're just all yoga at the moment. All yoga, yeah. So that that's nice, you know, occasional drumming bits. I've got my my kit set up in my house. 
which is really noisy. Yeah, how, but I live with other do, musicians. How so do you? Okay. How does that? How do you get away with that? I haven't had any complaints yet. Really? Yet. Do you do you sort of fill them up with pillows or something to? I I play with snares off and then my <clears throat> pajama top over <laughs> over okay. the snare drum. But I was looking at getting some of those Zildjian um, quiet cymbals. They're not like you know those horrible double thickness things you do when you do a music video. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that just go clunk. Yeah, I've seen them. They got the they've holes got in holes them. Holes in them, yeah. Have a word with Tina. Hey. Have a word with t- you. You're Zildjian, I right? Tina, yeah. Yeah. Hi Tina. Hi Tina. Love your work. <laughs> expect expect sweet. expect an email from uh, Anna shortly. <laughs> I, I, I'm after her job actually when I when I retire as a drummer. Yeah. That'd be cool. Wouldn't it? You'd be you'd be very you'd be very Dragon. good at that. Yeah, I think I would. T- Tina's been doing it for years. She's great. Anyway, yeah. okay, we're getting really. I, th- yeah. That's something that when when I um talk to drummers, mm-hmm. and you're the third drummer I've had on this on this podcast. Yeah, Adam and who was the Adam other? Betts, uh, Andy Newmark, who's like one of my favourite drummers ever. Who does he play for? <sighs> Man, he's he's like dude. He's like in his sixties. He's oh, played wow. with Sly and the Family Stone, John Lennon, George Harrison, Eric what? Clapton. Uh, he played on Roxy Music, Avalon. He's one of the heavy. He's one. He literally. He's one of my like uh, top five drummers. Like one Amazing. of my one of my biggest influences. Yeah. And so and I I spoke to him in January. I was really nervous as mm, well. Yeah, but it's you were. like I was like you know, because actually I've met him before. Um, he's just he's just like the coolest guy, and um, yeah, and it's you know they're all of these records that I I grew up like really 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 digging. Yeah, and it was just amazing to hear him like talk about them and, and stuff. You know, have you have you ever met any of your sort of like you know musical architects? Well, when I was fifteen. I went to a drum clinic in Sheffield and it was Chad Smith and Steve White. Right. And it was fucking amazing. Yeah, Chad Smith is awesome. 15 year old girl. I just went by myself, like dad waiting outside in the car where I'm just like, "Ah!" because I loved (laughs) Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Me too. It's a great record. Like, you just can't deny that record. It still sounds good. It still sounds good. I was just going to say, has it aged well? I'm in, I am still into it. I think, I think out of all of those like 90s records, and I think about all of those 90s bands, late 80s, 90s bands that came out of LA, like kind of Jane's Addiction and stuff. Yeah. When you put on Blood Sugar Sex Magic, I still think it, it sort of sounds like its own thing mm. still. And I, because, you know, I, I revisit other records from that era mm. that haven't done as well. Yes. And I, I, They're very of the time, aren't they? But yeah. And his drumming in that's amazing. He's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I really, really, really loved him. He was a big influence on me back in the day. Um, and I went and sort of was wearing a very ill-advised, fifteen-year-old woman, girl, slutty top. It was like a black halternet thing, and like I didn't have any cleavage, but it was quite low cut. And I just remember like handing in my Blood Sugar Sex Magic CD, and he was just like, "Hey, nice top, babe." And I was like, "Oh, oh, thank you, Mr. Smith." And, and then ran away. Have but you still I, got that? The signed. I have somewhere. Yeah, I got, I, I got rid of all my jewel cases though recently, and all my CDs are like in big flappy folders. Jewel, jewel cases. You know the plastic cases from CDs. What you mean, like the wallets? The actual like um, the case for the CD. Yeah. Got rid of them all. I've got CDs in that I don't listen to anymore, and I'm. Should I keep them? Yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. I think you should. <laughs> really? It's like 
people getting rid of the like I speak to people that have gotten rid of all their vinyl and they're like oh we shouldn't do that I think vinyls do vinyl is different like it's a, mm. it, it, it's still like the way I think about CDs is it it's still the digital di- it's just the digital information they're very disposable aren't they yeah on but on a uh, you know a physical form whereas a vinyl is actually you know the record it's beautiful and it sounds different and because mm. I, I couldn't tell the difference between like a WAV and a, and someone playing something from a CD yeah maybe no. may, maybe in like 30 years time all the hipsters are going to yeah. be going yeah man got my CD yeah <laughs> hear that hear that you hear that 90s tone <laughs> but like, ima- like imagine if mini discs actually were what they said they were going to be and like just kind of broke the mould of I loved well, then they it. They died I, a death. Didn't I, they? <laughs> I loved. I loved the mini disc. Yeah, man. I thought it was because it yeah. only because it was more portable than than it than because the CD CD discmans were b- b- dog shit. I never yeah. went into that. I'm yeah. just like, no, nah, this is the. Whereas, like you know, the the sort of mini disc, you could um, you could put like four CDs on there, mm. four records yeah. on there, and it was like really, oh yeah, I can just put this in my mm. pocket and go about my day. Yeah. <laughs> This is making us sound old now. I know. All the kids. Um, so, Anna, how are we, we going to end this? We, I, I, I find that, like, I always say this, starting and ending is, like, difficult. But the starting yeah. was really easy today. We just sort of... Straight in. Went right, right in. <laughs> Unless there's anything else you'd like to, you'd like to add? Um, don't know. Maybe. The floor is yours. Oh, I don't know. I don't like being put on the spot like that. Yeah, I've really put you on the spot. Yeah. That was a really shitty thing to do. <laughs> so how, how are we going to end this? Maybe... Uh, I don't know. Maybe me just mumbling like this. Maybe we can talk about um, how good the song um, Don't Get Me Wrong by The Pretenders is. And, how, and the simple drumming just works. Yes. I, t- I, tell, I, tell, I tell how we can end this. Um, I've started to do... Uh, like a, there's a Spotify playlist. Yeah. So maybe if people want to download this and go to the Urchin Studios website, there'll also be um, a Spotify playlist of Anna's most inf- influential. Got it. Like that you can put together, mm. and yeah, and the Pretenders will be the first one. Yeah. Anna, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. That wasn't the slickest ending. Before.